the name of our incarnate Lord, Jesus Christ. Merry Christmas. Today is the ninth day of Christmas, and what a joy it is to gather together as Christ baptized to hear his word and to receive him in his body and blood in the Blessed Sacrament. As Christians, the blessed truth of Christmas Day is just as true this morning as it was on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man. Our Lord is so loving that he did not want us to be lost and separated from him, so he became a man born of Mary and grew up as our Savior. Our gospel lesson today is Jesus in the temple at age 12. While it might seem strange at first to hear about Jesus at age 12 during Christmas, after all, he's not in a manger when he's 12 years old, it is actually appropriate as a Christmas story. The strangeness for you comes because too often even Christians who want to keep Christ in Christmas and remember that Jesus is the reason for the season had their attitudes towards Christmas shaped to a great extent by the world's celebration of Christmas. Obviously, in the outside world, there's a lot of celebrating Christmas that has absolutely nothing to do with Christ. Unbelievers can put up Christmas trees, buy presents, bake cookies, have a Christmas dinner, and listen to songs like Jingle Bells. Many people have a lot of fun this time of year without thinking about Jesus at all. But there are a lot of people who remember that it is Jesus' birth. So they remember that Jesus was born at Christmas. And so they like songs like Silent Night and Hark the Herald Angels Sing. They're quite comfortable with Jesus being born, but it is easy to forget the connection of Jesus the baby with Jesus the Savior who dies on the cross. The best example of this is that if you go on YouTube, most recordings of what child is this omit the lines of the second stanza. Nail, spear shall pierce him through, the cross be born for me, for you. Hail, hail, the word made flesh, the babe, the son of Mary. What they do is they just repeat the end of the first stanza. They take out the cross. They take out the baby who will grow up. A warm, sentimental feeling about a special baby ends up then being the reason for the season. Not a savior born because we've sinned against the holy God in thought, word, and deed. And we deserve temporal and eternal punishment. And in Jesus, this one born who dies and rises, we have salvation forever. There's a fundamental difference between the common approach to Christmas in our world and how to approach Christmas from a biblical and historically Christian way. The world approaches Christmas as a holiday in the current time. The secular approach likes a celebration with warmth and community, and Christmas meets that need. But many Christians also fail to appreciate the true joy of Christmas. 
They know that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, but they remember only the birth at Bethlehem. They lose the full depth of Christmas. The true biblical and historical approach to Christmas starts with knowing that we are a creation of God and that we are accountable to him. The Christian approach begins with knowing that life is eternal, not just the current time, life is eternal, and that life is lived before an almighty and holy God. Since life is eternal, there is either eternal life with the Lord or eternal damnation and separation from God in hell. Through Jesus Christ, God has rescued us from sin, death, and hell, and now in Jesus we have eternal life. Christmas is tied to the entire life of Jesus, and the church here develops so that the Christian is comforted by God's grace and mercy found in Christ, and this occurs throughout the whole of the church year. You who are lost in sin now have salvation in Jesus Christ, who was born for you, died for you, rose again for you, and ascended for you as your king. The Gospel of Luke is a marvelous, marvelous gospel. In fact, when you pin it with, the, with Luke's other book, the book of Acts, it encompasses you know, the, the entirety of the early church in, in, the, in, the, Bible, in the Bible times. Um, Luke is the gospel that begins before any of the other gospels begin. It tells of Gabriel telling Mary she will be the mother of our Lord. So actually nine months before Christmas Day. The Gospel of Luke is the only gospel that speaks about Bethlehem and that Jesus is born in Bethlehem. It's the only gospel that tells us of the manger, the angels, the shepherds. Now Luke, though, is not the one to tell us about the Magi who are to come sometime later when Jesus might be two years old. And Matthew's word tells that, but Matthew locates the Magi in Bethlehem when Jesus is an older, older child. Luke is the one that connects Jesus from his birth in Bethlehem all the way from his child throughout his whole childhood. Luke is the only one that has a story at age 12. And what I'm going to do in Bible class today is, is also unfold all these events of Luke chapter 2 because it's also the circumcision Jesus presented at the temple. Jesus, Luke does not want you to know just about angels and shepherds. He wants you to know the whole story. And in fact, if you look at Luke very carefully, Luke 2 carefully, especially you see it, obviously you don't know Greek, but if you look at it in Greek, you see that all these stories kind of run together so that Jesus being born in Bethlehem on Christmas, Jesus being circumcised on the eighth day, Jesus at the temple at 40 days old, these are all tightly connected. And then also connected to that is Jesus at 12 years old. The Holy Spirit wants you to see a continuity in the life of Jesus, then that leads to his actual earthly ministry. Today you hear about Jesus being in the temple. Jesus knows that it is his father's house, but you also know that Jesus was amazing the teachers of the law as he was going back and forth with them, answering, answering questions, asking questions, and, and showing this maturity that was far beyond just an ordinary 12-year-old. Jesus is fully aware of his identity as, as the Son of God, also fully aware that he's true man, 
and Jesus is preparing himself in this story for his future ministry. You notice that the setting, the broad setting at age 12, is the Passover that year. Passover, the temple, being born in the city of David, which is Bethlehem, being circumcised on the eighth day, being given his name on that eighth day, being brought to the temple for the rite of purification for Mary. Luke is grounding the birth and the childhood of Jesus as the fulfillment of the entirety of the Old Testament promises of God to send the promised Christ, who will save his people from their sins. Year after year, century after century, God's people had waited for their promised Messiah, the gracious God who had made them a people, rescued them by the Passover from slavery, given them to King David and who dwelt in his temple. Our gracious God who is in full command of his world comes into his world as a baby and grows up knowing that he is the savior of the world. God is a loving and gracious God. He shows this over and over again. He's a God who loves and cares for his creation and most especially wants to save fallen mankind. He wants to save you and me. Salvation is found in this Jesus. He is the one who saves. What Luke is doing in his gospel is giving you a thorough and complete story of Jesus and his ministry of salvation. And since Luke is the author of the book of Acts, Luke is not only showing the ministry of Jesus when he was visible with his 12 disciples, but also the ministry of Jesus after his ascension as these disciples proclaim him as the crucified and risen Lord. At the beginning of the marvelous chapter of Luke chapter 2, and you heard this in Christmas Eve, Caesar Augustus makes a decree from Rome that all in his massive empire must obey and pay him taxes. By the end of the book of Acts, the decree, the gospel of the Lord Jesus, that he is the Son of God risen from the dead, is being proclaimed in Rome itself, and that gospel doesn't stop there. You have that gospel today in Bethany, Naperville. You have the same Jesus. You, my brothers and sisters, now know that Jesus was born to save, and he grew up knowing he was to save. He is the one who will, later in life, return to Jerusalem. He'll go to Jerusalem to die. He will rise, and he will ascend to the right hand of the Father. Jesus is present now with his people, and he reigns over you. And he will return in glory for you. This is the true joy of Christmas. The true joy of Christmas is in Jesus Christ, the full Jesus Christ. You sell Christmas short when it's just about a baby in a manger. Christmas is all about Christ and his full work of salvation for you. There is no baby like the one conceived by the Holy Spirit and acclaimed by the angel armies. There is no boy like the one who shocked the teachers of the law with his questions and answers. There is no one, no man like Jesus who takes the place of sinners and who set his face to go to Jerusalem to die, to rise, and to ascend in triumph. Your life is an eternal one, and because of Jesus, you have full and complete salvation. You have life in his name. You, my brothers and sisters, have been baptized into the name of Jesus.
you're bound to receive this same Jesus in your mouth with his body and his blood for your forgiveness, life, and salvation. And you will sing his praises forever in his heavenly home. Christmas is about the eternal, gracious love of God for you and for your salvation. Christmas is not just a time of year to escape the harsh realities of COVID, inflation, or international tension. Christmas is all about you walking confidently in your baptism, knowing that all is well when life is in Jesus Christ and his salvation. You have a savior and he is Jesus, born for you, crucified for you, risen for you, ascended for you, coming in glory again for you. To him be all praise and glory forever and ever. Amen. Merry Christmas. We now rise and confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. 